The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Chest out, chinchilla all, relaxed on the sidelines I'm so famous, understand New York City respect my game like Joe Namath And I protect my name like Joe All right, you hear that sound, you know the show Chris Morella Sports on the Voice America Network I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters And of course, it's a beautiful day in the valley Always is, always will be Every now and then we get a monsoon It's that time of the year and and, uh, you know, it appears that, um, uh, no, I don't think we're going to have one today. So I'm not even going to get those folks out there nervous. I don't want to make you scared. Uh, those of you who may be flying into the Phoenix area concerned about monsoons, none on the way. Not today, not this week, I don't believe. But, boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, the NFL, the National Football League, when they said it's time to get back to football, they meant just that. It is time to get back to football. The activities are moving at a pace in which they've never moved before. The The activity of moving players from team to team and negotiating contracts. And the dream team. Yeah, I said it, the dream team. There was some people who took their talent down in the South Beach, and a lot of people have taken their talent to the East Coast. And the Philadelphia Eagles and Andy Reid and Jeffrey Lohr and Joe Banner, man, they got it going on. You better watch out. They're they stealing wives, children, kids, you know, you name it. Children and kids, the same thing, I know. But <laughs> the Eagles, they're not taking hostages. I think Andy Reid, there's no doubt in my mind, Andy Reid has decided, listen, I got money to spend. I want to win. You know, and the man has been to four NFC championship games, I believe, four, maybe five, but I think four, been to one Super Bowl and did not win it. And uh, he just wants to win. And uh, they're, they're being very, very aggressive out there in the city of brotherly love. And I'm, I'm happy about that. But I, I just want to you know, talk a little bit about this activity and free agency. You know, this 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 is something that it didn't exist years ago. N- never, ever in the history of football. And I guess the lockout kind of took it to another level. But finally, you get a chance to see what free agency is all about. That free agency never will be and never has been bad for any sport. As a matter of fact, it makes the sport more interesting. Now, what may be hard is to find out where your favorite player is playing at nowadays. But the the activity of this offseason and the lockout has created a free agency 
period of time of which never existed in the National Football League. There has never been this much activity ever. And what's interesting is, I think with the exception of the fact that there's some new leagues, I'm sorry, some new teams in the National Football League, the teams are owned by the same owners that felt that free agency was not good for football. It would not, it, it would kind of tilt the slate somehow or another, and the large market teams would have an advantage over the smaller market teams. But that has not been the case whatsoever. They found a way to negotiate it, and they found a way to share the revenues like they always have. And now the pool of resources are open to those who are eligible as free agents. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. Can you still build a dynasty? Yes, you can still be a, build a dynasty. If you want a player on your team and you feel as if that player has uh, some long-term benefits to your team, then you lock him up for long term. But it's certainly, um, man, it, it's, it's an exciting time to see what's happening in the National Football League and the activity that's going on. One thing that's a little disappointing for me, though, in the National Football League is Randy Moss. I, I think Randy still has something in the tank. Um, Randy, man, I'm one of those people, you know, let, let's just go there with Randy and a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. I just got finished. Shout out to my man Kwame Lasseter. I just uh, got finished having conversations with him. Uh, and, and Kwame does not feel as if Randy is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer because uh, Kwame shares the, the same opinion that many people feel and that Randy perhaps didn't give you his all all the time and that 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 could there could be an argument made for that and 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 people can say well you know just imagine if he gave you his all on every down every play uh, yeah there could be some and and I will say this you know he and Tio are tied for second all-time uh, touchdowns one thing that I would say about I think you know when you look at Terrell you know he has T.O.'s done some things on the football field at times uh, that's just been amazing in terms of the effort he puts out. You know, I don't think that when it comes to as a receiver, I think that Randy has better hands than T.O. I think a lot of people might agree with me on that. But there's some every now and then T.O. exerts a certain type of effort where you see he is a true team player. And I think it was a Monday night game that was on a few years ago, and I think everybody saw where T.O. ran downfield to get ahead of his running back to extend the play, you know, and to becoming a touchdown. What might have been, a, you know, a nice run, it was a touchdown. We never really saw any pictures of Randy Moss running downfield, not that he couldn't get in front of his running back and lead the way into the end zone. We didn't see that from Randy. So when you talk about a complete player, um, you know, maybe there was some shortcomings in Randy's game when it came to being that complete player as a wide receiver to extend the running play for your running backs because, you know, you made a tackle. I, I know, and I'm not going to call out any names, but, you know, a coach stepped up one. I'm going to call out Marty, uh, and I'm going to call out, you know, the player because, hell, I might have missed a tackle or two, you know, and they call me out when I do it, but I'm not blaming. I'm just giving an example, just like I just gave an example of what, you know, T.O. did. I'm going to give you an example of when a wide receiver doesn't make a tackle, I mean, doesn't make a block, or he, he doesn't, you know, do his assignment in terms of perhaps maybe taking an outside release, and therefore 
not taking that corner with him and that corner gets a look into the backfield and he goes and make a play. I think that happened to us in in in, uh, in Denver when when the Browns played the Broncos and what was known as the fumble perhaps maybe would not have happened. And shout out to Webb. Webb, man, let me tell you, the Browns wouldn't have been in that game or a whole lot of other games if it were not for Webster Slaughter. You know, Webster, one of the, you know, in terms of receivers and, and after the catch and, and just toughness, you're going to find, I don't know if you're going to find too many his size much better than Webster Slaughter. Uh, but in that particular play, there was an assignment that Webster had that, that he didn't do. And because he didn't, you know, take care of his assignment, the cornerback was able to come in, and because he came in, made a tackle on Ernest Biner, Ernest formed the ball, and, of course, you know, the rest of the story is history. Those are the kind of things that when you talk about a player being a complete player, you know, really takes that player to a different level. And, and so when, when you think about, you know, looking at Randy and thinking about is there any short comings to his game that's the only thing when it came to blocking you know randy he might get in your way but randy ain't going out of his way to make some blocks maybe he might have but he wasn't known for that but there's no doubt in my mind that randy moss you know will be should be a first ballot hall of famer i mean randy you know (laughs) there are people that i don't care how much speed you have as in terms of your abilities to run there are people who have abilities to to run fast, but also people who know how to run routes. And and Randy Moss is one of those guys when he's on the field, he's a threat at, at any time. Randy could take the short one, the distance. You know, the one who's known for taking the short pass, the distance more than others is probably Jerry Rice because of the type of offense that they ran. They ran a lot of little short passes, little quick slants. So Jerry would catch that pass and hit that seam and turn it up and be gone. Whereas Randy, <laughs> you know, Randy going to take the, he's going to run a nine rod on you. That's the go. You know, you know what he's going to do. He comes off the ball, you know, a little nonchalant and, and, you know, pick him up and put him down and he's gone. And then back in the day, Randall Cunningham just throwing that, that just up in the air, just launching a missile. And in stride, Randy just runs right up under it and, okay, game over touchdown so when you when you look at randy yeah randy he he is one of those guys and randy could run some nice routes on you too some real nice routes and i'm talking about this again randy moss first time ballot hall of famer in my opinion as if you know it's over and done with his career that's the point that i want to make are we premature in having this conversation about randy moss being a hall of famer in a, in a context of which his career is over. And I think we might be. Because I'm not sure we've seen the last of Randy Moss in a uniform of the National Football League. I think perhaps maybe, um, you know, not everybody wants to go to training camp. Training camp is, I, I don't care if they have cut back on it a bit. People just don't like going to training camp. Now, Randy could be, and, and the way you've seen Randy Moss work out in the offseason, Randy Moss comes into training camp in shape. Maybe Randy just wants to get in better shape. And, and maybe Randy's going to make a deal with somebody else because if Randy Moss, if they work him out and they see the shape that he's in and it's midseason and somebody wants to bring, they need a receiver, Randy Moss is there. Now, that 
Shout out to Kwame. Kwame, that was Kwame thought maybe Randy was going to show up in the middle of the season. I think if somebody, I don't think that's his strategy, but I think if somebody wants him and he's taking time out to think about it a little bit, he could end up on somebody's roster. But I think Randy Moss is going to end up on somebody's roster at the beginning of the season, not the middle, but the beginning. I just don't think Randy at this time and this age, I don't think he wants to go to training camp. I think Randy also may be waiting for some people that think that they have the receivers that they need, they may get in the training camp and the preseason and see that it's not working out the way they thought it was going to work out. And, and with this being a passing, this is definitely a passing league. Now, the National Football League, you know, of course, the three yards in a cloud of dust, shout out to Coach Hayes up there in heaven, is gone. I mean, there's even now in, in the National Football League, third and one is a passing down. So for Randy, this is his kind of game. Now, it's a passing game. And it, it, it may just, in time, it just may reveal itself where is the best fit for Randy Moss. And some teams may realize that, okay, there's a receiver out there, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, we got a good quarterback. Uh, we have a good offensive line to buy some time. Uh, we need Randy Moss. Now, here's the question. Some people have said, is that place in New England? I, I don't think so. You know, for one, I don't think Bill Belichick thinks he's at the end of his career. I think Albert Hainsworth, Ocho Cinco, and T.O., I'm sorry, and Randy Moss, I think they could end your season if you, your career, <laughs> not season, but your career, uh, if indeed things don't work out. I think that could just be a career-ending move. But but Belichick, a lot of people would take Belichick. But, you know, T.O. and Ucho, Ocho, that, that didn't work. Would it work with, you know, Ocho and Randy? I'm not so sure. Uh, I think Ocho works real hard. I think Randy... You know, if Randy wanted to go back to New England, you know, first they said he said some bad things. Then they said he said some good things. You know, Randy, you know, Randy, Randy is Randy. Whatever he's going to say, you're going to know because he's going to say it. You don't have to wait. For, you don't need an interpreter for Randy Moss. Randy will tell you what's on his mind. And one thing I believe is that I, I think he has a tremendous amount of respect for Bill Belichick and for Tom Brady. And I think if there, if it were the right situation, he might consider that. So then I'd have to eat my words. But I think if Bill said to him, Randy, you know, let's give it this last go round. I, you know, I, I don't know why I let you go last year, but I'm going to give it another go round. So uh, I got my homeboy Lamar Campbell. Shout out to Lamar out there trying to call me on my cell phone. But I'm doing the show, man. I heard that music too, Lamar. So I got to take a break. So I may just hit you up, man. Hey, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll be right back after this message. Hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't wait much longer. Man, I've been waiting all night now. That's how long I've been on ya. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports from the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, as I said uh, just before I went to break, my good man Lamar Campbell uh, was trying to, as they say, hit me up on my cell phone live on the show. So I just told Lamar, then he's going to have to call me uh, on my cell phone uh, later. But Right now, he's going to have to be on the show. So we'll have that cell phone conversation later, but we're going to talk about some football right now. So I got Lamar Campbell on the line with me. Lamar, how you doing there, man? Mr. Ellis, Mr. Ray Ellis, <laughs> how you doing today out there in blazing hot Phoenix, Arizona? Man, I tell you what, it, it's hot in Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> but I tell you what, it's hot in Atlanta, too, because I'm going to tell you what now, it, it, no excuses now. You know, no excuses now. It's time for Atlanta, you know, to step up. You know, the young man, the quarterback, the team. Last year, I think, I don't want to say we gave you guys a pass, but, you know, a couple mistakes and, and, and a team that everybody expected to go deeper into the playoffs, is out of the playoffs and watching everybody else. So just tell me what the atmosphere is and the expectations are this year down here in Atlanta, man. I, I'm sure you guys, you know, playoff Super Bowl, that's got to be what the mind frame is down there. Yeah, it really is. And let me just go ahead and say, you know, we're both, you know, I'm a, so I'm an Eagles fan and a Detroit fan. You got to so, be a Detroit. They pay your bills. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I put it to you like this. I just follow the Falcons. But I, I'll tell you what. Everybody down here is really looking forward to seeing what Matt Ryan, those guys, can do this year. Now, you know the big deal this year at the past draft was the drafting of Julio Jones, and they pretty much gave up the farm to bring in another wide receiver. After the NFL playoff series against the Green Bay Packers, where Aaron Rodgers 
came down here and put on a clinic on the Atlanta Falcons secondary. So down here in Atlanta, we had a lot of feedback as far as why we didn't get more secondary players, why didn't we beef up our secondary, why we just go for more of an offensive weapon. Um, so the Philly down here in Atlanta is really a show and prove situation right now, right? They really want to see if Matt Ryan can be that gunslinger that we all think that he can be. But with the defense lacking, Matt Ryan is going to have to put up a lot of points to make it through the entire season and, and, and into the Super Bowl. Well, uh, I'm not mistaken. You got, a, you got a big fellow over there. You got Roddy White as one of your receivers. Am I correct? We have Roddy White, Julio Jones. Okay, and so and now I'm you got you you, you you brought Julio in as as the young man, and, and so yeah, but but like but what you said is that Green Bay came in there and lit up your secondary. I mean, if you uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Philadelphia Eagles grabbed two All Pros in in one free agency market. Why would if you got burnt on the defensive side of the ball, you know why is it that you didn't? improve the secondary instead of trying to go after another wide receiver. So you just want to outscore everybody, and defense don't win ball games anymore down there in Atlanta, I guess. It really does. Everybody knows you need to have a dominant defense to win a Super Bowl. Um, and this pass, I believe, we all know the NFL has gone pass happy. And I think what the Philadelphia Eagles saw and what the Green Bay Packers did to Atlanta Falcons last week, that's why they're going to have three Pro Bowl corners. You have to have at least three starting corners or any NFL team, in my opinion, to be successful during the season and in the postseason. Because in the past happy leagues, most teams are passing 70% of the time. And so with Atlanta being lacking in that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, as I said, if the numbers don't uh, leave me, I want to say he was 27 for 31 for 300-some-odd yards and four or five touchdowns. NFC Championship game, hello? Yes. Fly, why didn't you draft defense? So. Right. I think everybody's looking to see what these guys are going to do the first couple of games with the defensive effort. I mean, and unfortunately, what else can they do but score a lot of points? I don't think the defense is going to be able to keep up with the competitive NFC South, a New Orleans team, a Tampa Bay team, a Carolina team. This is going to be a very competitive division this year in NFL football. Well, uh, you did mention something, Lamar. You told us where your allegiance is, and we certainly can understand that. So let me ask you, let's turn a little bit to another team within the NFC, and that's the Detroit Lions. And, there, and, there, and there's a lot of people feeling good about your old team, you know. So you, what do you think about some of the moves that they made in, in the offseason particularly? I mean, they, they, they added another good piece to that defensive line to give uh, Sue some help, I believe. Yeah, we got big boy Nick Farley from the um, Auburn Tigers. Down there, Auburn with your boy Cam Newton. Uh, we were six and ten last year. We should have been seven and nine. We got robbed that first Chicago game last year. And let me say that Monday Night Football is back in Detroit this year. Oh That's yeah, going to be a great game against the Chicago Bears um, on Monday night. And I think Detroit made a lot of great moves. It takes time to build a team. I think Martin Mayhew, uh, the general manager, is doing a great job as far as assembling the team. Now, granted. You have to get better than 0-16. That's granted. I mean, you really can't do any worse than 0-16 like the Lions did a couple of years ago. However, this year they've consistently gotten better. They were 4-12. Last year they were 6-10, should have been 7-9. and I see big things going on. If Matthew Stafford can stay healthy, I think Detroit will be a 500 team in that division and possibly make a wild-card playoff berth. No, uh, I believe, I, I agree, I like that Detroit team, really. And, and when you look at it, you know, last year, like you said, they possibly could have been 7-9. Uh, and nine. I wouldn't be surprised if you flipped that script this year and Detroit, you know, shows up at 9-7 and, and the wild card in the playoffs. What do you think? Is that possible? 
I'll tell you this, possible. I think the black and blue division up there with the Green Bay, who are obviously the favorites, um, you got to understand Green Bay won a Super Bowl last year, and they had about eight or nine guys that were on the IR. So they're going to come back healthy this year. They have a great receiving core. Of course, they have Aaron Rodgers. And you got to understand, Green Bay also won a championship without a running game last year. They won an NFL championship on Aaron Rodgers' arms. And so we have a competitive that's going to be between us. You have Donovan McNabb coming to the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to see how he fit in our offense. Adrian Peterson is always dangerous. But the Minnesota Vikings have lost both of their receivers. They have no deep threat. I can definitely see us second in the NFC, um, in, the, in, in that division. And then somewhere between 9-7 and seven and maybe 10-6. and six. Well, I'm going to tell you what, it, it, it certainly is a competitive division, and a division of which we should, everybody should keep their eye on. Uh, from what you've seen and what you've heard or just what you think, where do you think, uh, you know, somebody will come out of nowhere? Where's a team that nobody has an eye on that nobody expects that you think just might come out of nowhere, Lamar? I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have a great – people forget Tampa Bay won 10 games last year. Raheem Morris is a young guy. One of the things I will say about Tampa Bay that I am somewhat disappointed in is that their last, they had a lot of money underneath the cap, but they did not go out and get any big free agents. They did not go out and get anybody that can stretch the field down there in Tampa Bay. They did, they did beef up the defensive line. Um, they did beef up their secondary, but they did not beef up a deep set on the offense. But I would say Tampa Bay will be my sleeper this year in the NFC. And I'm going to say in the AFC, my sleeper, I may go with I may go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, okay. My sleeper team. Okay, okay. Well, let me ask you something. Uh, down there in Dallas, you know, you and I, you know, based upon just our history, you know, <laughs> you know, spending some time in the city of brotherly love, there seems to be some wave, some voice that's coming out of Dallas, and it's not a player, and it's not a head coach. Is, is this something that's, that's new and different that an assistant coach would be barking about what's going to happen in the upcoming season? I mean, normally the voice of the team comes from the players or from the head coach. We got one of the Ryan young men down there barking about the Cowboys looking forward to playing the Eagles already. What do you think about that, Lamar? Come on. Well, you know, that's one of the biggest rivalries in sports. I mean, you were an Eagle, uh, Ray, so you understand that. It was nothing like when Dallas came to town or when we went out there to play Dallas. It's always been a very bitter rivalry. And, you know, you remember years ago when Michael Irvin ended his career in Philadelphia and he had a neck injury, they actually cheered at the bed. So that lets you know how, how bad that rivalry is, how much Philly wants to win. I don't think Dallas, I think Dallas is going to be underachievers like they always are. I think they made a bad choice by letting go of Marion Barber, who was their workhorse. I think they had a bad choice of not refilling their secondary. And I think Dallas is going to be a non-factor uh, coming to the NFC season, coming this up in the NFL season. I think Washington Redskins got better with their addition of Dante Stallworth, re-signing Santana Moss, getting a new running back and beefing up their secondary. I can see Dallas finishing last in the NFC East and not being surprised at all. Now, you mentioned the Washington Redskins. I mean, really, I mean, the Redskins, they got an issue with a quarterback. I mean, they haven't really, they don't have an established quarterback there. You think that mm -hmm. they, they're, they're going to be able to, to compete in the NFC East? Well, you know, with all receivers and the way that they run their offense down there in Washington, I do believe that you can get a system quarterback and be okay. Um, they don't have a headliner. I think what they have, if they can get a system quarterback, 
somebody that gives them consistent work and not turn the ball over, they can be relevant in the NFC East because you have some weapons out there on the outside with Dante Stallworth and Santana Moss. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to make any noise as far as winning the NFC. And I have to go with it. I have to go right now with the Philadelphia Eagles as a favorite to win the NFC. Well, I w- you mean the NFC? So, so in other words, even though the- you said the NFC, so are you saying even though that the Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers happens to be in the NFC as well, you think mm-hmm. that the Eagles are going to come out of the NFC and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? I have to say, with that addition, if they don't, if I'll put it to you like this, if they do not let go of Asante Samuel, Dominique Rogers Cromartie has already stated in the media that he's okay with being the nickel corner. He's not going to make any noise about being a nickel corner. In the NFC East, in the average NFL game, the nickel corner plays 70% of the plays. He's still going to be out there a lot. He's still going to have the opportunity to return punts. I am in my NFC East championship, I mean, my NFC championship game, it will be, in my opinion, the Green Bay Packers and the Philadelphia Eagles, with Philadelphia Eagles being victorious coming out of the NFC. Now, you said uh, Camardi has said he's okay with being the punt returner. If you, if you might remember years, and you, you certainly should remember this because, of course, that's when, before you got a chance to, to, to make it to the league yourself, Lamar, uh, the Eagles had a damn good secondary uh, where they had three starters, and that's how Al Harris ended up there in Green Bay. Because mm-hmm. the Eagles mm-hmm. had such a, a, a such a great secondary, the Eagles have had some mm-hmm. very good secondaries uh, over the year. I think that says a lot about Camardi uh, to step up and say, "Hey, I'll be the nickel guy." You know, I just want to do what's right. best best for this team. I think that already right. has done some good things. Uh, you know, for that team in terms of helping the chemistry of that team. Whereas up in in New York, you know, you you, you find that Camardi up there defending himself about if he's a better cornerback um, uh, than, than the young man that came out of the Raiders in which the Eagles picked up uh, because there was, you know, some <coughs> word going around that perhaps maybe that's who the Jets were actually pursuing mm-hmm. instead of uh, right. re-signing Camardi. Uh, so uh, looking at the Eagles, it looks like chemistry is working well in their favor as well. And, of course, we always know that we all know that chemistry is important to a team as well. Yeah, very important to a team. Probably the most important aspect of any NFL championship team is the chemistry that those guys have on and off the field. Now, for Marty, with that statement, he takes a lot of pressure off the secondary. He takes a lot of pressure off the Eagles front office saying, I'm okay with being a nickel guy. I want to win a championship. And at the end of the day, that's where you want to be. Um, now, with the situation with the New York Jets, you have, you know, Antonio Cromartie, who was pretty much left out in the cold when everybody was in the Nomby Osmoire sweepstakes. And what he has to do is he has to come back. And if anything has been learned in this past NFC, I mean NFL offseason, which we had a lockout, is that it's just business. I understand as a former player you want to be wanted, you want to be coveted, you want to know that your team wants you. But at the end of the day, it's still a business. Well, let me ask you, do you think... Number two, number three corner, then so be it. You still have a job. You still got $32 million. You still have Darrell Revis on the other side of you. You're going to be okay. I think you're going to be all right. <laughs> so do you think the fact that, again, the Jets show some interest in Osama, that it is going to affect the play of Kamardi? Or you think Kamardi is going to go out there and prove, as he said, that he's better than him anyway, and, and that's going to be his goal to go out there, forget that, bygones is bygones, I'm going to strap it up and play my job? Or do you think he's going to be distracted about the fact that they were interested in somebody else? 
you know what? If he's a player that I think he is, and that's the remains to be seen, if he's a competitor, he's going to go come out there every day and prove that the Jets were going to make a mistake by letting him go. Right. Um, if you're a competitor, that's what I expect out of Antonio Cromartie. I don't know if that's what he will do, but that's, that's what I would expect from a Pro Bowl corner. You know, he's, he's 37 years old. He's got a five-year contract. He has the opportunity to play until he's 35 years old if he stays healthy. So I think it may have been a wake-up call for him uh, to go ahead and step up and be the corner that he has been in the past. I mean, you have a couple of booking corners. Uh, people say Nambi Asamoah. People uh, understand Nambi Asamoah came from the AFC where they really didn't pass the ball that much. Other than New England Patriots and a couple of other AFC teams, Nambi Asamoah didn't see a lot of passes a game. I guarantee you in the NFC he will get tried early. If I'm a head coach, I may go after him the first play of the game or the opening game. I want to see what you're made of. You know, and that's just the kind of guy I am. And I learned a long time ago from a lot of my older coaches, sometimes you don't play players as much as you play their offensive coordinators. Wow. And I know the offensive coordinators on the NFC East, they are pass happy, and they will go after Nambi Osamon to see if he was worth that $50 million that Philadelphia gave him. Well, you know, it's interesting, Lamar, but even in the game of football, there's always a game of chess going on inside that game. Listen, we got to take a break here. Uh, we got a little music. I got my man Lamar Campbell on the show with me today. Uh, for some reason, another says one minute to break, and I got the music, so that means I got to take that break. Tell you what, I'll be back in less than two minutes. Come back with me, please. flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com the job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
got that show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man Lamar Campbell on with me. Of course, you heard that promo, Life After the Game, with Lamar Campbell. You can listen to Lamar right here on Voice of America Sports. Lamar, man, you know, it's amazing. I just heard you, you know, make those comments before we went to break, and you talked about the AFC uh, being a running conference. You know, of course, in my days, you know, AFC is where they aired it out. You know, now, all of a sudden, the AFC is now where the running game persists, and the NFC is, is, is running the ball. I mean, the, the NFC is passing the ball nowadays. You know, right. that, that, that's a change of which, so when you watch a game now, and you're talking to the fans out there, mm-hmm. and they're they, they expecting to see football, are you saying that, hey, now the passing is, is, is happening in the NFC, and, and all of a sudden the AFC now is the, the conference of which you're seeing the ball being run all the time. That change has happened? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it has changed. And I think what it is is, you know, a lot of times you have to deal with what you have. And a lot of a lot of, a lot of things are based on the personnel that you currently have. You know, a lot of people are going to that college system where they have two running back system, the two running back system, and a single quarterback system. So you get a lot more rushes. More mostly AFC teams have that one-two punch. Um, in my opinion, the more teams that have a one-two punch, and as a former defensive back, you know that in the fourth quarter. You have a good running back. You kind of sit your hit his behind all day on day long. So you have two guys back there. He's fresh with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you've been playing all game, tackling and tackling and tackling. So that plays to a lot of teams' advantages. I think you. I think some teams are blessed to have both. Um, a lot of times, right now, you're playing with AF, playing with NFC quarterbacks. Um, the only AFC quarterback that's uh, the two gunslingers. I'm going to say is, uh, of course, Tom Brady up there in New England, um, and the guy out there in San Diego. Um, so um, I forgot his name. Slipped my Drew mind Brees, right now. Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Uh, well, no, not, not Drew Brees, San, 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 San Diego. Oh, Phillips, 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 Phillips. Yeah, Phillips, Phillips. Right. Yeah, those are two guys that can sling that ball around. Um, but, I mean, after those two guys, who in the AFC really has a gunslinger out wow. there? Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a trip to the Super Bowl. In Indianapolis, and we how we gonna get there? We gonna go through division by division, starting off with the conferences over in the AFC East, and I'm looking at Miami. So I'm looking at Miami, and we gonna go through this real fast. We gonna take our time when we need to. You got Miami, you got New England, you got the Jets, and you got Buffalo. That that's the AFC East during conference, and and coming out of AFC East, of course, everybody's gonna think that the favorite's gonna be the Patriots. But I don't know because the Jets don't want to give up anything. So let me ask you: right. you, you got you, and, well in the Dolphins. We never know. The Dolphins might, you know, the Dolphins made a, a you know a couple acquisitions here quietly. Uh, the Dolphins could could show up there. But y- your pick for the AFC East coming out of between Miami, New England, the Jets, and the Bills. You know what? I have to go with the Jets right now. But I'm going to say the Jets and New England are going to make make the playoffs. But I have to when the, I have to say the Jets are going to win that division. Now, okay, now you said the Jets, and, and, and so in other words, the Jets, and I'm gonna get, I ain't going to make you defend it, but it doesn't scare you that all of a sudden Albert Hainsworth and Ocho Cinco is some new ammunition that Tom Brady has on his team, along with Bill Belichick, you know, being, you know, the master chessman of them all, still doesn't concern you. It doesn't, it doesn't concern me at all, and this is why it doesn't concern me. Uh, one, of the, one of the um sleeper pickups that the Jets picked up was their old nickelback that left two, two years ago, um, Nick. Now, when Nick comes back, they actually re-signed Nick. And he was their nickelback a couple of years ago, and he's been a solid nickelback everywhere that he's been. 
So unless Randy Moss comes back and joins the New England Patriots, I am not scared of Wes Walker and Chad Ochocinco against Cromartie and Darrell Revis. I'll take Darrell Revis and Cromartie all day against those two wide receivers. Okay, I got you. Sound like they're shutting it down up there, uh, you know, uh, with the Jets. So let, let's just go and move on to the NFC North. Of course, we got the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And so coming out of that division, it looks like the favorite, at least on paper, would be the Pittsburgh Steelers, but perhaps maybe the Baltimore Ravens might have something to say about that. What do you have to say about that, Lamar? I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, you know, in all honesty, I can't even call the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens. It's a rivalry, but if you look at the numbers, I believe Baltimore has won three out of 12 games in those head-to-head matches. It's always a close game, but people fail to realize that, you know, eight times out of ten, Baltimore loses. <laughs> So I'm still going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a favorite to come out of that division. You know, but even, and you're right about that, you know, because I, I can go back a little bit because, of course, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are really the Cleveland Browns in disguise. And, and that's that, that deep-rooted tradition between the Browns and the Steelers. And, and the Steelers always won those games, you know, for many years, but it was always a hard-fought game. And they never really looked right. forward to playing the Browns. Winning would be one thing, but, you know, you win at what cost? You know, how many people right. are you going to be lose to uh, to IR? You know, how many people are you going to lose, you know, for a couple games because they got banged up in that game? But, okay, you say the Steelers come out of there. Okay, that's good. Okay, so let's let's move on to the AFC South. And, of course, in the okay. AFC South, you got the Houston Texans. You got the Tennessee Titans. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you got the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning. Now, of course, everybody thinks that conference area just got Peyton's name written all over. That's Peyton's place. But right. what do you think coming out of there? Are you going to give that to Peyton, or, or are you going to look at Tennessee knowing that, okay, uh, Tennessee's got a new coach in there, might be something happening down there, but the Houston Texans is either win now or have a new coach next year. So there's some pressure there. Right. Who are you picking coming out of the AFC South? You know what, this is uh, this is one of my toughest picks when I'm looking at the team I think are going to come out of those divisions. And this is why. Hey, Manning has that net operation. He's not going to be practicing uh, with the team much probably until almost the end of the preseason. And what's going to happen is Peyton Manning is always going to be Peyton Manning. He's going to get his timing down. But I believe in that division is going to come down to who gets out the gate the fastest. And I think Houston Texans with a healthy team, with Aaron Foster, who's been working out like a madman this past, past offseason. You have Andre Johnson. You have a solid quarterback. They did some, they made some great moves on the defensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be a, uh, a rat race to the end of the line. I say whoever, whichever team gets out the fastest is going to win that division. So with, me, with that being said, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans taking that division. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, and I've heard that the coach's job is, you know, it's on the line down there. So the Texans, mm-hmm. the te- and, it, and it's not like the Texans would surprise anybody if they did it. You know, right. I think some people are expecting it. You know, so so that 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 that's the thing. Whereas I'm not going to say that I necessarily uh, disagree with you. You know, um, mm-hmm. so let, let's uh, let's move on from that because you know we we've already got a a couple of them that we've covered now. And so I think now what we got to do is we of course got to go to the AFC West. And when you go to right. AFC West, of course, you know, that's an old division of football. That's some old teams out there. They got some rich tradition out there. You got the Kansas City Chiefs, the Oakland Raiders, the San Diego Chargers, 
and the Denver Broncos. Now, you know, I, I'm looking at that, and I, and I think that might be, and I, you know, they may be the least exciting division in the AFC because it's like, you know, who cares really? The Raiders. Everybody used. Everybody used to love the Raiders, man. But but now you know what what what's exciting. You know, with the, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs got a nice running game out there. Don't get me wrong. My 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 man that come. You know, man, when he get, he could take it the distance any time. But there's right. nothing real exciting about the AFC West. So let give me an idea who you think might come out of there. Anybody could. You, you can just flip I'm a gonna coin. Go, I'm I'm going to go with the gunslinger. Uh, I'm going to go with the gunslinger Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I'm, go, I'm not. I'm sorry. Uh, with Phillips, I'm, I'm going to go with um, San Diego Chargers, and this is why they had a great pickup with uh, Bob Sanders. Hopefully, if Bob Sanders comes back healthy to play safety out there opposite um, Eric Weddle, who's another Pro Bowler. Um, they have a really dominant secondary. Um, also, what you have the opportunity to have is you actually brought over to Kale Spikes, Bob Sanders, Vincent Jackson is back and healthy. Um, you did lose Darren Sproles. That's one thing I don't know. I don't know why they let Darren Sproles go, but they did lose Darren Sproles. But out of that boring division, I'm going to have to go with uh, San Diego. I'm going to have to go with the Chargers coming out of that division. You don't? I, I mean, come on, man. You don't like the Kansas City Chiefs at all? I mean, I, I think I like the, the Kansas City Chiefs. I do. Like, I think they made some great draft picks the last couple of years. They got your guys um, in that great trade from New England, uh, Castle. Have Eric Berry, the first round draft pick, that gets better. He got better all year long. He's the first round draft pick. He's playing great out there. But they have no deep threat. They have um, great running backs, but they have no they have no deep threat. And we know that Phillips is one of the great gunslingers in the game, and it's hard to stop a gunslinger. Eric Berry plays safety. But I truly believe that, listen, somebody who, like Jamal Charles, who who averaged about almost 9 or 10 yards a touch. He's a beast. Yeah, you know, he's and, a and he, he could just. I it, believe it, he's a beast. Yeah, any game he could just break it wide open, and I think Todd Haley out there is doing a decent job with that team. I mean, I think they surprised a lot of people last year, and that, I mean anybody could you you could have won that division with a five hundred record, you know. Uh, but I, you know, I, I'm just not sure. When I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, if I want to write them off, because I think they may, I do think they may surprise some people. But I tell you what, we're going to take know a... What? I have to go ahead and agree with you on that. I think, you know, they'll finish second in the end of the division. I do believe they'll finish second in the division, but I don't think they'll overtake the San Diego Chargers this year. Okay, well, Not I'll tell you what. Year. We're going to take a break, and then we're going we're gonna to come back, and then we're going to run through the NFC Conference real fast. You listen to Rail of Sports exactly. on the Voice America Network. I have a man, Lamar Campbell, with me. Of course, Lamar hosts his show, Life After the Game, right here on Voice America Sports. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, on the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy now. Go, 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 and on the count of three. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, we back. Back to football. That's right, back to football. You listen to Ray the Sports on the Voice America Network. And, of course, I'm getting back to football with my man, Lamar Campbell, former Detroit Lion, by way of the University of, what's that, one of them universities in, in the Big Ten? Come on, man. Yeah, Come on. yeah. Come on, Big Time. Come on, man. I'm going to give up the props to Wisconsin. <laughs> and, of course, out of the city of brotherly love and hosting his show with us, of course, on the Voice America Network, Life After the Game. Lamar, let's talk a little bit about that conference that you and I are loyal to. Uh, well, I'm loyal to both of them. I got to say that, you know, they both gave me some paychecks. Right. But let's let's talk about the NFC, if you will, right now. And we talked about it a little earlier uh, when we first started the show, of course. Uh, so let, let's start off with the uh, NFC East. And, of course, we got the Washington Redskins, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys. And, and I think without even going into a lot of discussion, I think is you, you have to pick the Philadelphia Eagles to come out of that division. So do you agree with me on that one, or you got a different opinion? I agree with you 100%. I don't know if it's going to be. Because the NFC East, and as you know, as, as a football player in the NFC East, is always going to be a competitive game, you know, eight times out of ten. But I think the Eagles are just talent-wise, coaching-wise, scheme-wise, just the best team right now in that, in that division. They have the most weapons. They have the number one receiver in the NFL. We have Sean Jackson, who's a threat to score anytime that he touches the ball. Um, I know he came to camp today. He has a backup of, you know, he has Mike Vick coming off a, a very resurgence year. Very proud of Mike Vick. I think he's not going to be happy until he gets his final Super Bowl. Um, you have a great defense. You know, it will never be the Jim Johnson defense. I think, I think a lot of Eagles fans are looking for that Jim Johnson defense to come back the way they performed when Jim Johnson was there. Um, God rest in, I mean, rest in peace to him. But I think the defense is ready. They're young. They're hungry. There's a lot of excitement in Philadelphia. And honestly, the other three teams, I just don't feel as though they can compete on the Philadelphia Eagles level. Well, you know, they say sometimes when it's broke, don't fix it. So I am not going to try to fix what you just said because I agree with you. So we're going to move on to the NFC North, looking at the Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and, of course, your team, the Detroit Lions. Man, that, that, hey, that division, right? You talk about the NFC East that used to be very, com- very competitive, and it still is very competitive. Now you look at this NFC North division, which is very competitive. I mean, we know that the, that the Green Bay Packers went on to win the Super Bowl, but that was not an easy game that they played against the Chicago Bears with their second team quarterback in that game. Right. So, so let's let's right. look at that division. And now Donovan McNabb, of course, has taken residency in that division. What are you thinking about the NFC North? You know what? I have to go with. I'm actually going to go 
with uh, my Detroit Lions. Okay. This is why I'm going to go. This is why I'm going to go with my Detroit. Now Lions. I think earlier in the show we asked about a surprise team. And I don't think it was the Detroit Lions that you gave me, or, or is, you know uh, is my memory that They're bad? They're not a surprise. They're not a surprise anymore. Ooh, right? I like That's that. Why. I like my that. They're not a surprise anymore. You got to prepare for my boys. Man. You right. You right. They're not going to come up and sneak up on anybody. They they were six and ten last year, and they lost a lot of close games. Less than I believe three games by less than three points. So they were in a lot of close games last year. They're not going to be able. Detroit is not going to be able to sneak up on anybody this year. And what I think that they've done up there, I think um, Minnesota will be in disarray. I think Aaron Rodgers and those guys will come back. But going off the numbers and going off what I know as far as Super Bowl champions, most Super Bowl champions, other than the last one I think believe to repeat, I believe was the uh, Denver Broncos back-to-back championship. Since then, it really hasn't been an NFL championship team that came back the next year and had a wonderful season. Other than those New England Patriots, um, I'm sorry, I correct myself. New England Patriots last year went back to back. So. This is where we are right now. I don't think Green Bay is going to be as hungry as they were last year. I think the hungry team, which is the Detroit Lions, are going to come out and surprise a lot of people in that NFC North. I think they're going to take that division. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you when it comes to the playoff because I did uh, agree that the Detroit Lions could have had a better record last year, and I certainly think that they could flip that script and they could be nine and seven and make it into the playoffs. So I'm gonna pick the Lions to go into the playoffs. I'm not gonna pick them to win the division. I think they'd be a wild card. But let's move down to the NFC South. Of course, the NFC South is represented by your current resident team, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Carolina Panthers, Cam, I believe, is there. Cam Newton down that way. Tampa Bay uh-huh. and the New Orleans Saints. Now you already picked Tampa Bay. I think it's a surprise team, and I don't think, I don't think that Tampa Bay is going to be a surprise team because I think people wow. have been watching that young quarterback they got down there, and they've been coming along, you know, steadily. And, and I think people are expecting them to do some things. But coming out of that division, who represents that division as the division conference uh, division champ? I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints are going to come out of the division chance. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think Julio Jones was the answer. I think the defensive side of the ball was the answer. Um, he's a rookie. I think he's going to have a solid season across from Roddy White. He's going to take a lot of pressure off Roddy White. Uh, Michael Turner can only run the ball so much. They did not have a two-back attack anymore. You know, Michael Turner takes a lot of punishment. He can't carry the ball another 265 times this season. But people don't realize last year, New Orleans had just as much as, just as many injuries as Green Bay had. Yeah, they got rid of Reggie Bush, but they picked up Darren Sproles. They signed back Lance Moore. They still have um, their tight end. They still have a three-back set. They still have Drew Brees. They, their complete offense is intact, and they have two or three pro bowls on the defensive side of the ball. And if they stay healthy. I'm going to pick the New Orleans Saints to come out of the NFC South Division. Okay, I think we got quite a few. Let me see. Let me let me just double check on this. And I think we got about uh, oh, we got four minutes, so we good. Okay, so let me go. Of course, uh, we didn't division, we didn't finish the NFC, so let's finish with the NFC West. And we got mm, and I talked about another division before. I got to I got to give these people their props too, and that is I don't want to say they're boring. But they don't win a whole lot of games in this division at all. You know, and I'm talking about the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, the St. Louis Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, 
Of course, everybody thought that Kevin Cobb might end up with the Seattle Seahawks. He did not end up there. You know, the Arizona Cardinals landed Kevin Cobb. St. Louis Rams, you know, we don't we know what they're trying to do. And the 49ers, of course, Mike is out of there as a head coach. Looking at the NFC West, who you got coming out of there as that champion? I want to surprise everybody. And I think Jim Harbaugh is going to turn Alex Smith into a great quarterback. Wow, the 49ers. Woo. I'm going with the 49ers. I'm going with the Niners. Some hardball boys, they have the pedigree. They know how to win. I think he's going to be a great coach for Alex Smith. I think Kevin Cobb is going to be a bust in Arizona, even with Lyon Fitzgerald. I think they paid him too much. He's only play. I mean, his record is... Three and four. Yeah, that's what people well, felt to realize. So yes. he wasn't he wasn't signed off an undefeated record. I mean, he put up record numbers. Uh, look at the system that he was in. And Reed comes from that uh, come from that John Walsh tree. So that's that West Coast passing offense. Anybody could have been in there with some decent talent and possibly had those kind of numbers. And the teams that he beat up on weren't even five hundred teams. They were all losing teams. So he didn't have any big wins against teams that had winning records either. I think that was a big mistake to spend all that money on Kevin Cobb. Yeah, when you got Macklin, yeah. you got Macklin and Deshaun Jackson too. It ain't hard when you got receivers like that to put up them kind of numbers. Especially when you're playing against a bad team, right? I mean, it just it just, it just works. So my sleeper pick of the NFC West is going to be the San Francisco. Okay, so I told you, listen, we're going to the Super Bowl, man. Now, you done picked all these teams. You got in the AFC, you got the Jets, the Steelers, the Texans, and the Chargers. Okay, bring it to us. Who's going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? I'm going with the New England Patriots. You didn't even pick them to win the division. So you're saying, wait, so you're saying they're not winning that division, but they're going to come out as a wild card somewhere and end up in the Super Bowl. I like that. Wow. The wild card has won the last five Super Bowls. I like that. Ah. I said I like it. I said I like that. I ah, like that. The wild okay. card has won the last five Super Bowls. There we Bowl. go. Okay. All wild card teams. Okay, so we got the pages. Okay, so you, you got to go to the NFC. Of course, they paid your bills. And, and now, uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I guess you, I, I don't know if you're saying that the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, but first, before they win it, they got to play somebody. So between the Eagles and Lions, the Saints and the 49ers, or a, a wild card team that we haven't picked yet, who's going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? Oh, the NFC? I want to go with the Eagles. That's what I want to go with. Somewhere. That's the I heart. Upset. I feel an upset somewhere in that second or third round of the playoffs. And an upset team. It's going to be Green Bay. I think they're going to go back to the big game. Green Bay going to play the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, and according to Mr. Campbell, who will win that Super Bowl? I think Tom Brady brings it home again. And this is why. This is the This is. You got 15 seconds. You got 15 seconds. Randy Moss will come out of retirement and join the New England Patriots. You heard it here first. And you heard it right here on Rail of Sports <laughs> on the Voice America Network, straight out the mouth of Lamar Campbell, former Detroit Lion from the city of brotherly love, right here on Rail of Sports. Well, we got to go because it's that time. I have to say it, and I got to go. But I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Peace. They stay there.